0: And I saw him at our like, hometown bar and had a few, too many glasses of wine enough to walk up to him, tap him on the shoulder. And I asked him, do you remember me? And he said no.
1: You want to look yourself in the mirror and be proud of who's looking back at you. And, and you see, and for me, for a long time I couldn't do that. I, it was pretend, I was pretending that I was proud of who I was seeing in the mirror.
2: And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships.
3: Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to couple synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years.
2: You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple of celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories.
3: People like today's guests, Nick and Michelle, thank you so much for being on our podcast today.
1: Thank you guys for having us.
3: Uh, you know, before we get into your story, I mean, we have to make mention here of Gene's voice here. It's, uh, it's a, little, uh, there's a little frog there.
2: Yeah, uh, little froggy.
3: little froggy, <laughs> right. I love it. Very cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, um, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you? What do you do for a living? And how long have you been together? I'm going to throw another question your way curveball, what's the most interesting thing that the two of you have experienced together?
0: All right, I'll start. Um, I'm Michelle, and I am 34 years old. I am a teacher.
1: I'm Nick. I am also 34, um, and I, I have a, my own little uh, consulting, small consulting business in defense in aerospace.
3: How long have you guys been together?
0: Oh, we've been together for, gosh.
1: been married for... N- Nine years,
0: eight years, almost nine. Almost in this nine. month, yeah, you're right. Um, and we have been dating since two thousand and nine. And I think the most interesting thing we've done probably we went to Banff pre COVID, and we swam in a freezing
1: glacier-fed lake.
0: Yeah,
2: just oh, jumped in. Those it, are cold. It
0: was so. Cold.
2: I just watched our video of us doing that. On the January, on
3: the January Trail. Yeah. Freezes. Free, so.
2: Can you guys tell us the story of how you met?
0: Sure. Um, I can talk about this one. Um, we started in eighth grade in freshman year. I used to go to Nick's house for confirmation prep classes. His parents were my teachers. So he would sit in his family room and learn about um, getting ready to be confirmed. And we didn't talk ever. I used to think he was really cute from across. We just
1: shared glances (laughs) (laughs) from
0: across the room, but I was super shy and
1: I was was embarrassed (laughs) that this was happening at my house.
0: So we didn't end end up actually speaking until um, 2009, right? When I we saw each other, Um, I had just finished my degree, I was starting to teach, and we were in our hometown. And Nick was home from New Orleans; he was going to school down there and subbing. And I saw him at our like hometown bar that pizza place that turned into bar at, at night and had a few too many glasses of wine enough to walk up to him, tap him on the shoulder. Um, he's a pretty tall
1: t- On the chest. Yeah. I he- was watching <laughs> you walk up to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's a pretty tall guy. So whatever I could reach. Um, and I asked him, do you remember me? And he said, no. So. <laughs> but
1: I saw, I saw her, I saw you walk in to the, to the bar and we were both with, a you know, friends just, it was the last night I was in town uh, before heading back down south and <clears throat> like last hoorah and saw you walk in and, like, and you just walked, walked right up to me. <laughs> like, I mean, I was watching, you know, I, I noticed you immediately and, and you just walked right up to me and so I was. Caught off guard. <laughs> what is, you know, what world am I living in? That, you know, you just walk right up to me and and just look up at me and say, do you remember me? And I'm like,
0: but you didn't remember me. So then we ended up going to another bar and he, you had told me that you don't, you and your friends don't go to that bar, but sure enough, I saw him entering that new place um, a little bit after my friends and I were there and we hit it off. We talked all night. And yeah, we left right. by saying, I, I we're Facebook friends. And he said, no, we're not. And I remember, remember asking him in college in my, in my room. I remember asking, knowing he was cute. I remembered him from confirmation class. And I remember being like taking the risk to like see if he'll accept it. This is like back when Facebook was new and really exciting. And Which
1: is when we started college, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he sh- we shook on it. That was how we ended the night when the bar was closing. Um, and um, sure enough, I got a little message on Facebook at 2.30 a.m. that said, do you remember?
1: <laughs> you were right. I can't, you know, we, we are Facebook friends. And
0: P.S., I think you're P.S. very pretty. <laughs> what are
1: you, just
3: like playing hard to get or something?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, this is all part of a grand plan. Oh. I mean, that was that smooth. <laughs> Yeah, right. I wish I, I was, uh, I was not as involved on my Facebook as, you know, so, you know, I, I do remember when you asked me to be my friend and I was like, well, of course I'll be your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so well, you
3: guys f- hadn't seen each other for like four or five
1: years no. at that point? No. Correct. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, more we than to, that. We went to different high schools. We were freshman year. We, we were year. friends in similar circles, but just never crossed paths.
0: Yeah. During, like during freshman during year of high school. school. So we didn't see each other till after college. So it would have been like an eight, like nine years.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So
0: the funny thing is, so then we ended up talking on Facebook exclusively. We We didn't exchange numbers. It was just Facebook messages that you know were first a few sentences long. Well,
1: like I, yeah, because like I said, I went back down south the next and, day, and we and you responded to my message, and
0: yeah, we kind of started
1: messaging from there, and it was um, it went fr- quickly, pretty quickly from Facebook messages. Well, no, that's not true. It was Facebook messages that became basically letters that we were
0: exchanging without any phone calls or seeing each other, written
1: letters yeah written messages so i mean like you know like getting to know each other like pen pals basically yeah Mm -hmm. and um and i i didn't have a computer at the time so i was (laughs) borrowing when i could borrow my roommate's laptop which became annoying to him pretty quickly (laughs) because i'm sitting there (laughs) on the couch writing and he's you know what do you what novel are you writing like come (laughs) on you know
0: and what did you say to him though who are you writing to
1: Oh, said, so I'm going to marry this girl. So, like, oh. just back off. You know, <laughs> me, give me, you know, I, I appreciate you letting me
2: use your. we were laptop. just joking around. You actually? No, I was 100 percent serious. I was Yeah. When was did you guys career.
0: know? Um, later than that. So we ended up ex- exchanging. Um, a lot of basic messages enough that I literally made and I wish I would have brought it with um, a, a chapter book um, for our first anniversary I actually typed and hand typed every single message that we sent back and forth into a you know a like chapter dit, book chapter like a hard
1: bound chapter book
2: wow that's a treasure
0: uh, yeah and it you know it became from that to l- like actual letters like written mm. on paper yeah. with pen into the mail once I,
1: once I lost access to the laptop yeah I, it was a BP oil spill and I was working on the coast, and I, like one, it was the night before I was asked to go out to it. So the next morning, I sent one last message.
0: Here's my phone number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please, you know, and I'm like, oh God, you
2: know, <laughs> I don't
1: know if this is gonna work. So.
3: But you were communicating for a while before yeah, you gave like her five your months. phone number.
1: But I was nervous. I, you know, at that time I had a flip phone. You know, we didn't. I didn't have a computer. Like I had no. It, was it wasn't like a Facebook app that <laughs> I was just, you know, iPhones weren't quite what yeah. they are today. Yeah. You know? So, so was I
0: like was like, I had the choice. Do I reach out to him? And You know, because I was really pretty shy. And it was already uncharacteristic of me to go up to him in the bar. So I remember I was with my friends on a spring break and I, I called him. And it was, because texting wasn't the same back then, you know, so. Oh, just you got to hit
3: the same button yeah, three times to get a letter. Yeah. Took the
0: risk, yeah. So we ended up. <laughs> From there, you know, sending packages of everything from mixtapes to, like, I remember making a tie blanket and, like, his favorite treats, and, you know, he would send me love letters and yeah. kind yeah. of gained trust from him. I feel like you we were talking on the way here. I used to, I had long-term relationships, um, one in high school and one in college, and then long, long I'm sorry, long-term relationships. And we ended up, um, then I was dating, like, a lot of first dates because I just knew I wasn't. I needed to find the right type of guy that I could trust and that wasn't in it for the reasons that they were in it for, you know? So it was a lot of first dates and he was kind of kidding. He was like, yeah, a lot of first dates. A lot. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, yeah. You, were, you were dating hard.
0: And so, <laughs> I, you know, just friends are friends. I did a little dabbled on online and, um, ended up, I think the messaging is what allowed me to trust him because we were friends first and we established, um, you know, a relationship quote-unquote um through messages and then th- we would be on the phone for hours a night and then just one well, and, and
1: then it, it was intentional that we didn't at least on my part it was intentional I didn't give you my phone number because I knew it was going to be an extended period of time that we weren't going to be physically together so I didn't want to I didn't want to like let this fizzle out, I guess. How
3: right? much physical distance was actually between the two of you?
0: So I was in Chicago no, I was in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
3: that's quite a distance. Yeah. So then we ended up... Yeah, north he, to
0: south. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> he ended up coming in town for a a bachelor party. And um, he was in a wedding, and we went out to breakfast. His plane got... The plane didn't... It was a bad storm in Texas, and he... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was the first... Yeah.
0: We yeah. had our first date planned, and he didn't come because he he couldn't.
1: Well, yeah, I ended up, um, yeah, being stuck in Dallas because there's always, like, New Orleans to Dallas to Chicago was a typical layover. And, and uh, I yeah, it was a, a storm that just sat on Dallas for half a day. <laughs> it, was like, it just wouldn't move, and I'm, I'm watching it. And uh, they put me up. I mean, the airline actually put me up in a hotel. I remember I was there for, like, three hours because it was, like, I was in the hotel, and then...
0: And oh. I remember being so sad. It was so it was just so much airport, time yeah. had gone by that we had gotten to know each other, and the big day was finally here. And I ended up going out with my friends that night because I was like, "Whatever, you know." And so he showed up at my door. I think I slept for like three hours, and he was ready to go on a date. So we ended up going on a first date for breakfast in instead. said yeah, brunch. Yeah. Um. But anyways, we ended up. You know, he came back for an, the wedding a few weeks later. Um. We obviously saw each other not very often, but. Sure.
1: You were my guest. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he ended up, and um, en- I ended up going to visit him a few times down in New Orleans. And that's when we, we knew. We were just talking about the, the night. We went out to a fancy dinner. And I remember he ate toot- turtle soup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> things that we haven't talked about. It was a very fancy place. <laughs> <laughs> it was very fancy And we were sitting on his couch. And we both just, like, that's when he told me he loved me. Um, but we both just, every time we were together, it was like, we didn't have to be doing anything special,
1: which, w- which was, uh, I don't, we were, that, that was a, that was probably as big of a moment for me as asking you to marry me was telling you that I loved you. Like, like I, I, like I'll, I, rem- I mean, I have the same, I had the same feelings in, you know, in my stomach and my, you know, I was experiencing kind of the same thing when I. Were you kind of thinking
2: about it beforehand?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I. It was very similar to, you know, the preparation and then the delivery and everything. Of like what was going through like, your head? Oh man! I, like I felt like I was floating, <laughs> um, and I was. I was nervous, um, but I also just. I don't know. I felt. I knew, what we were sharing so I, it wasn't nervous that you weren't going to say it back or accept it, it as more nervous of just i want this to mean something very special and i want this to be delivered
2: it's a really important part of that that bonding process mm-hmm. and the letter writing is awesome and mm-hmm. you know, i think human beings are supposed to move more at that pace mm-hmm. you know people move so fast these days, you know, mm-hmm. and that's nice. You guys had that that space. It kind of happened for us.
3: Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah.
2: Well, we, we were friends first because, well,
3: lots of reasons. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and again, listen to our past podcast <laughs> <laughs> about our own story, but what was it about your partner that you fell in love with? Uh, well,
1: um, a few things. I mean, it was... Like, like I said, when I first saw Michelle walk in, I saw, like, I just saw into her eyes, like, I mean, it was like looking into, the like, space, like, in stars, like, it was just, there was just so much there.
0: Yeah, mine was, he just was, like, so thoughtful, like, some of the things I remember in the letters, like, he would say, like, you remind me of my aunts and my, all the women that I look up to, like, you are that for me, and to me, that was so impactful, the people that shaped him and raised him and me being someone that was at that level that was really, really neat. Um, And just, again, like Nick said, and again, it could have been the beginning of a relationship, right? The honeymoon phase and lust or whatever, but it's just like we were together, and it wasn't often because we were long distance, but we would literally feel like we were floating. Like, we were high. like, And just to, to... be to, Like, not, you know, to be doing anything crazy, just to be sitting together and, like, holding each other. It was just, again, I wasn't into drugs or anything, but I felt like that was the closest thing <laughs> to being high um, with another person, and I felt like that was something I'd never felt before. Um, and just knowing his um, relationship with his sisters and his family and just having, you know, really strong morals with um Allowing family to be important to him, I felt like that was something that I wanted for for my own family. You know, in terms of raising my own my own children one day. So, a lot of things that those first dates didn't have. So, yeah.
3: so what happens next?
0: So we ended up. So we were we met at the beginning of J- or January, um, and he ended up. being, um, just pen pals on Facebook until about March or May. And then he ended up coming home in June, um, for the weddings and he ended up moving home in November. So I remember I flew out there. Um, he arrived when I arrived, he picked me up with a potted plant. So not, they ran out Ooh. of actual flowers. So he brought a potted, potted flower <laughs> for me, which had to stay there. Um, a the gift that
3: keeps on giving. I know, right? Yeah. It was
0: actually cute now. I'd actually prefer it. But it was well, funny because I, I think I had to yeah. fly home or something. And it was like, oh, thank you. So he okay. ended up in November. He moved home. And at that time, he was going to go to um, pursue law school. So he was heading for the LSAT, living at his parents' house. And we ended up moving in together that next summer. So I was living in the city. So, um, then we obviously were together, um, living there and, you know, I don't remember. Oh yeah. in, In May of the next following year, we lived together for a year and had some rocky up and downs with our relationship at point. Um, and we ended up getting engaged the next May. So that was pretty much what happened.
3: What were some of the rocky moments in your relationship at that point?
1: Well, we were, yeah, since since I moved home, um, we had, you know, I, I mean, we were, we were passionate, but so passionate on the ups and downs. I mean, it was like we, we would have, like, some large disagreements. Before I moved home... Um, like they my friends from college um, all booked you know like a last-minute trip and I was like well this is you know kind of my last chance before I move home I'm, I'll go with them and we went out to Las Vegas and and now ultimately there was uh, you know there's infidelity and, and you know I struggled with what to do and you know with how to deal with that it wasn't an You know, it wasn't like a a premeditated thing. And what I ended up doing was deciding that it's something that just should be buried. And, you know, we're not married. We're dating.
0: And we would fight about those types of things. Like, we were watching a movie and he was saying one of the actresses was hot. And I felt, I just didn't feel it was appropriate. And we were fighting about that. And that's when we were living together, and he he was kind of arguing with me about it being okay to to view other women in that way, and may it would be I was being insecure, and then out of nowhere, he said, he told me about what happened in Vegas, and it was a year before um, after we had developed a relationship living together, um, I mean, I remember exactly where it was, like I can put myself back and that Room, you know, whenever any, you know, memory, you know, gets me there, you know. So, you know, we've definitely had to deal with that, um, not knowing how. I mean, we he basi- I basically made him leave. I think you went to a church that whole night, um, or sl- stayed in your Sat car, in in car yeah. until the church opened, and spent the whole day in a church, and I wasn't okay in our apartment alone and we were apart for a little while but we you know I remember my dad saying you know you need to make a choice you need to forgive him or move on to someone else and you know realize this is the end and I chose I knew what we had and I knew the potential for our relationship and I chose to forgive him but didn't know how to really get there and you know i feel like i welcomed him back very soon into our apartment and you know i was very cautious but i, I you know i believed it was a yeah, one-time well, thing and it, yeah, was it was gonna be you know, it was so different ago. it was an out- Yeah, that's the thing i was really upset that it happened so long ago and he kind of like let it you know he buried it but I had to find out after we had a year of experience together and living together and building that relationship together and so I felt like
1: all that was a sham yeah I felt it was a sham
0: I thought the letters were a sham I thought everything was just like what was that all the things you were sending in the mail but you had just done that to me and um he kept saying it was so long ago I'm different now and so um that was our our hard times and again you know time went past and we had to you know gain trust again and we did end up getting engaged and married and, but it was something that I feel like we should have sought counseling at the time, but didn't have any role models or anyone to tell us to do so. We just kind of thought we could handle it together and that thing happens, you know, people deal with these types of things.
1: Yeah. I, I think we both had influences that were kind of like, well, you guys weren't married. I mean, so what, Okay, so, like, and I, and from my end, it was more like, well, are you sure you needed to say that? Like, are you sure you had to... Tell her. Tell her, because that's going to, you know, Why look at you? the difficulty that you had.
2: Why did you tell her?
1: Because I couldn't. I, I wanted to get married, and I could not marry her without telling her. I, so it was, it just... I mean, it sounds like, okay, I just buried it for a year and forgot about it, but that's not Mm -hmm. true. I mean, it it was something that was with me every single day. That, like, uh, knowing I should, but trying to figure out how not to tell her. And it was...
2: Can you talk about that thought process? Like, who you were before you got on that plane to go to Vegas, and then how'd you get to telling her?
1: like i i have like a deep faith and um that was always a guide for me because i had gone through things in my life prior to meeting michelle that i needed like a compass and um and i relied on on that compass so basically my my conscience my conscience kept trying like you know kept just you know punching me you know this needs to come out like you need to Need to address this and it, it was immediate and then it was always like I said trying to rationalize based on other influences in my life that like you know maybe I don't need to like maybe this is something that would just move past and forget about and you know it, it took me a long time to come to terms with this is something that needs to come out and it, it was something that like if I was gonna make that commitment to marriage like I couldn't live with this inside anymore and and keep it from the person that I'm committing to for the rest of my life and so that that's kind of where
2: did you have anyone that you talked to about it that day after you told her what messages did you get
1: yeah um I did and so um you know I showed up at home and um unexpectedly and um kind of walked in it was late and walked in and was like hey you know I'm here and uh um, to my parents at the, you know um, at the time that was just just my parents at home and um, explained, you know kind of briefly what happened and why I was home and kind of that's that's one of the messages I got was like well why why did you Feel the need to tell her that, you know, <clears throat> and uh, and like I said, you know, I had other influences too, like friends, parents, and and some people that I grew up with and looked up to, and and even current friends that were like knew what happened and are like, dude, no, you just that was a mistake. Forget about it. Move on. You know. Were you surprised by that response? Uh, so yes I mean I you know I felt what was right in my heart and what I was hearing went against that and I struggled with that I, I chose what I knew was right in my heart uh, I, I chose to suppress that and go with external uh, opinions on what to do mm-hmm.
0: And it's hard for me because I was raised, um, like, honesty was the most strong with, like, moral in my home. Um, my mom used to say, you'll get in less trouble if you tell the truth. So, like, um, just commitment and, you know, just giving who I was of, of a person um, to someone else, it took a lot. Like, I was, um, I don't know, you can say go to 2 shoes I wasn't... With many people, uh, men, you know, I was really holding myself, not for marriage, but for the right person. And so when I found that trust in Nick through the messages and through just knowing him as a person, you know, I trusted him with my whole self. um, And I trusted honesty. And it took me, I mean, I was caught so off guard because it was so uncharacteristic of who I thought he was. I didn't even know how to respond. And um, I, I think I, I asked him a lot of questions to the point where I, I still can see it happening. Um, the dress color of the girl, like things that I just wish I didn't, I guess I, I'm gl- glad I know what happened, but I, I can put myself back in Vegas. And the interesting thing is I remember telling him, "Don't. why are you going to Vegas? I know what happens in Vegas. And to me, I just, I didn't know why he had to go. He was like, it's my my guy friends. Like, it was planned so last minute. And I'm a planner, I'm a teacher. You know, I was like, don't go. Not that I could have influenced him in that way, but I just, I just had a bad feeling. I remember, like, my boss let me go into her office I was teaching and to talk to you. Like, he had called me the next morning as if nothing happened. Um, but again, I just, I feel like, because it felt so uncharacteristic of him at that time, I, I thought we could move forward, start a family, get married. And I thought that if we got engaged and if we got married, that we would just forget about it and it would go away. But I feel like it kept coming up. You know, there were things that, even in our marriage, that would come up.
1: Oh, and, and any time it came up, it was the full flight because we never dealt with it. really dealt with it. So I was like, I was Each back in that room. Each it would come up, it would put like bring the full, like it would relive the entire thing, and it was like so. You guys tried to the, the, the most like, painful thing. Ever.
3: Pack it up in a box and put it aside, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically,
1: up. what I had done, it's difficult to look back because you you want to look yourself in the mirror and be proud of who's looking back at you, and and you see, and for me. For a long time I couldn't do that, I was was pretending that I was proud of who I was seeing in the mirror. Or I feel fortunate that I can look at myself, I can be proud of who I am, and I am, difficult or not, I'm following what I know is right for me.
3: Michelle, you were talking about you guys at that time were trying to start a family. Do you think that that disconnect contributed to that difficulty in trying to start a family?
0: Absolutely. I mean, not at the time. I don't feel like I believed that. Um, we tried for a year, like they make you, before seeking any medical help. Ended up conceiving our son through IVF, so medical intervention, thankfully.
1: First try. <laughs> I mean, it was like.
0: And I know, s- it,
1: was, it was crazy. We tried for a year, right?
0: Yeah. And then. Yeah yeah had had her son and then i thought you know we'll just have to go through ivf every time I'll, i was it was hard you which know which is not an easy process yeah nef- definitely not it was very hard um but we were naive to the fact that that was not going to be the case for us um we tried again you know i a year later and went through four failed rounds um and you know just tried everything from acupuncture to no dairy gluten alcohol coffee nothing tried it all um, and ended up going through the um, adoption journey. We decided to just, you know, went on that walkabout to Banff and sitting, you know, you know, finally finding quality time, you know, with our son was at our grandparents, and we ended up having um, real, real conversations about what t- what's next for our family. Um, this isn't working. You know, we're, our bodies are, you know, I felt like my body was failing me, And we decided to adopt. So it started with an agency. Um, That was a roller coaster in itself. Um, Lots of birth moms that were pretending to be pregnant and trying to... It was like emotional scams we had no idea about. So, you know, we had dealt with five years of infertility, IVF, miscarriage at 11 weeks, two um, adoption scams. It was a lot. Um,
3: All during this time, do you think you were... Really just focusing on trying to get pregnant absolutely, and getting a child through adoption and not really looking at what was going on between
0: yeah, the two of you? absolutely. Yeah, it,
1: was a, it was a distraction, for sure. I mean, it was
0: like... It a, was all we thought of. I mean, it was yeah. IVF. I mean, I was going to the doctor every morning before work at leaving at 4.45 in the morning to get to an hour away for the appointments, every blood works, ultrasound. I mean, it was my hormones. You know, hormones are crazy. I was going after school to acupuncture an hour away. I was you know, committing my whole self to pregnancy. And that was all we wanted. It was like going through the motions, right? We're starting, we want a sibling for our son. Um, We wanted to, you know, have, I always wanted four kids, you know, like what can we do to, to get there? And I finally realized, you know, I think I need to talk to someone. And I had a few people, friends, that had referred me to Jean. So I had called the lighthouse to go for, and, you know, in a couple. You know, not. I didn't even think about couples counseling. I went to to talk to someone for myself. I wanted to make sure I was in the right place to start the adoption journey. And to, I had just been through a lot. My body had been through a lot, and yeah, I was tired. You didn't want it to be, just to have another child. We yeah.
1: Like you didn't want it to be like a, um, like we're going through a. Do- you you want another child by any means. So it's like, well, I guess. I can't do it. Actually, so. didn't work. So okay, fine. Adoption. Yeah, we wanted to like, make
0: sure, like, we had talked to couples and we sat down with them, and, you know, get dinner with them to like learn their journey and their story. And but we just wanted to make sure we were ready for it because we had been through a lot emotionally, like in our own relationship and then in our fertility attempts. And um, but you
3: guys weren't really connected at this. No, time.
0: we absolutely. I mean, we were not to the depth that we could have been and I called and they said, you know, we don't, yeah, you know, we we're,
1: were supportive of each other. Yeah, I, I of mean, course. Like, but not, yeah, not connected.
0: No, I mean, Now knowing what it, it feels to be connected. And I remember they, they said we only do couples counseling, um, for Jean. And I was like, okay, well then sign us up for that. And didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't, um, speak with Nick cause it was all on the same call. And, <laughs> Didn't get the best. And I was on spot. a business trip and Yeah,
1: you called me it's and it's like, Hey, guess what? I signed us up for couples counseling. And I'm like,
0: what? Yeah. Cause to him, <laughs> like, he didn't think we needed that, Isn't that. Right. Something you
1: think you should talk to me about.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we had gone into couples counseling in the way of getting ready for adoption to know that that was our next route to make sure that was what we wanted to do, um, to grow our family. Um, And little did we know we had a lot of healing to do within ourselves and within our relationship that we had kind of buried And by just going through the motions um, of getting married, starting a family.
3: Little did you know. Little
2: did
0: we know. (laughs) (laughs) So we just took a really brief break, and I
2: just wanted to say that, you know, Nick and Michelle are sharing from a really intimate, deep place after doing a lot of good work, and it really highlights... The way that we want to work with people, full healing, not, mm. not Band-Aid stuff. And just to really respect that and you know, be grateful for you guys sharing your journey. And I know a lot of people, um, they're dabbling somewhere on that pathway. And I, I'm sure you're speaking to them. So, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> and feel free to express your anger towards me or whatever <laughs> else is part of your journey. But... You know, you started doing the hard work, Mm -hmm. and I know it's hard work. Mm -hmm. And can you share about what you discovered about yourself and your relationship to your own spirit and your own body going through this journey?
0: Yeah, I definitely, first of all, you know, we were chicken, you know, whatever, deer in headlights, I guess you could say. Um in the Where,
1: what was the chicken? Chicken line?
0: with the head cut off. I the wrong one. <laughs> must be this cocktail. Um
1: chicken and headlights.
0: It works. Um you know, our first counseling s- session, it was you know, I feel like we were just like vomiting words like we're dealing with this, but we want to adopt and you know, we just didn't even know what we needed at that time. And then we'd work with you know, I'd work with Jean individually and we'd do some couples therapy with Dr. A and Jean and it was hard. I mean, I used to, you know, say, Jean, so, you know, she hates me, and I just, I hate feeling this way from counseling, and other days I'd be, like, so relieved to, to share things that I hadn't talked to anyone about, and it was just something that I think we needed so bad we didn't know we needed, you know, and I learned, I didn't know, I was, I knew I was, like, a nervous person, but I had no idea, like, my anxiety was as High as it was. Like I remember some breathing exercises, and it was like how many breaths in a minute, and I was like way at the high level of that. Um, so just an understanding like you know, the expectations I was putting on myself and you know, being the victim always in this fertility journey. I feel like, you know, why is this happening to me and us? And you know, just understanding, you know, some childhood wounds that I had to, you know, go through and like live through and You know, didn't even know it existed truly until talking with Eugene and and just having you know the ability to heal with Nick. You know, something that you know I didn't understand before counseling how it related to our relationship in terms of how we could use each other to to get to deeper places and how to heal things that were coming up in our relationship that were things that were I was dealing with internally, not knowingly um did you struggle with um
2: you know in your in your mind and in your upbringing mm-hmm. you were taught some beliefs mm-hmm. about honesty and chastity and those kind of things mm-hmm. and then the disconnect between really believing that and then feeling in your body like why is this bothering me and other people don't get upset by that and, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I just, again, because I would second guess myself then too, you know, and knowing the other people were fine with it. People that I, really good friends, you know, and adults that were older than me that I looked up to. But I just, I just, I knew that wasn't right. And not only from my upbringing, I just knew, I just knew in my heart that I just, I didn't feel that was respected women and myself and Um, I just knew there was another way, you know, there was other ways to show that. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, it was an internal struggle, but I, again, I felt strong to that belief. I, I held strong to it to the point where I had said, you know, do we stay together? Because to me, I can't do this. Like I can't let that moral go. Something that I felt very strongly since I've been young to the decisions that I've made and didn't make, you know, my whole, um, childhood.
1: You know, like it, it hurt and it was scary to go through and, you know, bury yourself and explain or like, and kind of allow your flaws or your choices to be seen. And, but I think there's also a sense of relief of like knowing this is right. Like, this is what I, this is what I've, you know, like inside. I've been mm-hmm. what I've. This validation, is what, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Validation of what, like I thought was supposed to happen, but I was rationalizing to away. So it was it was worth the pain to get to that.
2: Can you guys talk about physiologically what did it feel like in your bodies when you were going against your heart and your spirit?
1: So. I think it's the definition of anxiety. Like I I had no again to your point like I didn't know I didn't know <clears throat> I knew people that had anxiety and I just saw it as like a I don't know like you just not dealing with what you have to deal with kind of thing or like you just you know feel what you got to feel kind of thing or whatever it was it, it just it it seemed like something that was solvable, but for myself like, i I had no idea the uh, and it wasn't just the level of anxiety that I had in my relationship it with Michelle, but it was my entire life I had anxiety around things so i, I put, grew up playing baseball, and like I probably would have been a lot better at baseball if I was aware of the anxiety that I was feeling you <laughs> like, well, you failing of I mean, it limited me. Of
3: judgment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like And just
1: burying all of that to, like, a weakness or whatever it was. Like, it was just a...
0: But I think you've learned to feel feelings through counseling. I feel like you felt feelings or should, thought you should have felt feelings. Like, I remember being upset he didn't cry on our wedding day. And I think I put pressure on you. I'm like, I hope you cry, like, when you see me, you know? Because <laughs> that's what you see in the movies or whatever. But I feel like he... When he, we had a miscarriage, like I was so upset, you know, I had to go through a D and C, and I had to, you know, I felt the physiological. Like I was sick from being pregnant, and then just obviously the roller coaster of just all the, the journey we went through and all the failures. And I remember he didn't cry, and to me, I didn't feel like he felt the feelings that I felt, and I felt so alone in that. Um, and I feel like you learned not only that you had anxiety, but you learned. It's okay to feel things as oh, a man.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, and that—that that was another. You, you're right. That's a good point. It, it's it's something that it's like feelings, like isn't it, it, that's not like a a men or a man versus a woman thing, or it's it's not like not manly to feel. <laughs> what? It's a human
3: thing, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the F word. <laughs> you don't say the <laughs> F word. <laughs> well,
1: and I think I remember maybe you saying once like uh you know oh are you a little uncomfortable to talk about feelings at at this session and they're like (laughs) like, allegedly i I may have seen and it's just uh it's it's so you know kind of getting back to what we you know what your question was earlier gene about just you know where we're at today versus where we were and just the journey and like the weight that you hold that that you carry around by not identifying or just allowing your feelings to be there or like just understand that it's normal to feel and, and just let it be, you know, let it, let yourself feel. And then, you know, the awareness of what you're feeling, um, and just identifying and understanding it it's just man you know like it's it was so heavy yeah you know especially um yeah you know, i guess the other thing too is just like when you're for me and i think this is probably the case whether what you, you know others out there want to admit it or not it's like it's it's so lonely i mean you you you're you're creating an environment where you're so lonely i mm-hmm. mean you feel like you're the only one feeling These things, and it's uh, that's uncomfortable, and it's just that's not the way to live your life. I mean, you have a you have one one chance at this, you know. I mean, go for it, let it go. Lonely in a partnership, yeah, right. Oh yeah, I mean, and the and the more you double down on it, the lonelier you know, the more separated and lonely the two of you get, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. And you feel it. Mostly in your body. Mm-hmm. And then we think, well, maybe there's something wrong with my body. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would think, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, and the things it would come out in our bodies in different ways, you know. I mean, it was, I mean, we would like, you know, you'd have like a sickness or an illness or whatever it was, like, and you would say like, well, what, you know, oh God, something's wrong with me. It's like.
0: <laughs> well, women's are, are women's <coughs> bodies are made to procreate, you know, and there was a lot of shame and guilt with that knowing I couldn't even with all the medical interventions and moving forward. We, after a lot of the work we went through and seeing his transformation and feeling like true trust.
1: Yeah. Our, our transformation. Yeah. I but I mean, yeah, of course. Right. But
0: in terms of, for me, right. like in terms of that moral, that was always faltering. Ev- validating. <laughs> yeah. Like just see his work, um, into who he, I knew he could be and who he was, Meant to be. Um, I just, it was a weight off of me, obviously, in terms of that feeling of, oh my gosh, like when do I have to ask him, has it been long enough? Like uh, double guessing everything in terms of our connection and lack of, et cetera. And so moving forward, we, in the middle of an adoption journey, we're, we're pregnant. How did you get to the
2: point of letting go of having a natural child and stopping medical intervention and accepting that you were going to bring someone into your family that you didn't birth. So,
0: you know...
1: Well, it became through... So we went... We started counseling during... Like, right after we started, what, the fourth round?
0: Of IVF. IVF, yeah.
1: So we had just started it, and
0: i remember gene i think you said like do you want to go through with this
1: and And dr ray too and and nick
0: was like i don't think you should do this and i was like what are your
1: thoughts on this i'm already halfway through actually starting to like express my thoughts on it of like well i don't like it i'm not comfortable with it she's been through this how many times this is pumping her full of synthetic hormones i was on like like
0: the maximum amount you could give a human being oh they
1: just kept saying well that one didn't work let's Amp increase it up. Let's increase it. Let's increase it. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's it really it's hard to go through. Um, and, yeah. and so I remember him halfway through the cycle saying, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, after a session with Dr. A, I'm like, oh, well, we can't stop now. I'm halfway, I'm putting shots into my body six a day, you know. I
3: cannot accept any
0: responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think it was finally his feelings were, ve- you know, he was able to, like, express his feelings and realized he had some for the, for. <laughs> well, someone asked me. <laughs> well, and so I ended up um, going through it, it didn't work. And finally, I realized, you know, especially with Nick's. Again, I felt like my body was failing me, right? So I, like, would do anything I needed to to get us to the next point of trying again, you know, for him and for our family. And for him finally to say, like, I don't like this for you and for your body was a validation, too, for myself. Like, okay, it's not just on me, you know? And that was helpful and understanding like that journey and that door was closing. Like we're going to move forward in another route, another path. Um, but
1: at the time that meant adoption, that didn't mean, I mean, we weren't anticipating having a baby. Yeah, no, we were, you were
0: told you were going through menopause. Yeah. You know, my numbers at what age, 33, I mean, 32, Mm -hmm. you know, my numbers were 0.01, like 0.01. Like not possible.
3: What were they supposed to be or like
0: 1 to 2 but like sure. literally
1: This is this is a certain hormone. But yeah, yeah like it, it, it was basically like yeah, the the normal range is like 2 to 4 or something we were like 0.01. So it was like So we, I kind of
0: understood it understand. was
1: medically impossible to get pregnant. I mean, yeah. it was like basically like yeah, you just we're sorry, going through menopause you're just early. One of those, you know, you know, rare Cases you're an anomaly. You're going through menopause at 33 instead of you know yeah. when you should be. And, and it was so like, I okay, started to you know.
0: accept that. I mean, to the point where we decided to look up other avenues, and we wanted more children. And again, we didn't want to just rush into adoption. We wanted to sit down with other couples and really learn about the progression of what this would look like for us. And we wanted to make sure it wasn't just like, oh, I can't get pregnant. I want to adopt. We wanted to be sure you know sure it was right for us um and again I feel like we knew that was our plan we didn't know the roller coaster it would that would come along with it in terms of that being an entirely different type of emotional pain understanding you know a birth mom's feelings and
1: being scammed scammed. emotional scammers that aren't in it for anything other than just the thrill of scamming someone. like we would mm-hmm. facebook it's we would really like
0: facetime other people
1: like literally see them yeah it was really strange
0: and they you know multiple so times we met with them I in mean, pu- person and and this mm-hmm. is
1: this is something that we you know that you would po- like we'd post on like social media and so it'd be like you know we're opening you know you're allowing anyone and everyone to see it but you're like your intention is to like you know get to the audience of someone that is Looking it, or in a difficult place, and yeah, like here's a here's a less you know I don't know here's an avenue to possibly pursue this, and, and
0: instead, instead of before an agency, but then even during our agency, we had scams. Mm-hmm. So and you're not
3: only dealing with the trust in your relationship mm-hmm. and trying oh. to make sure that that's solid, but now you're bringing someone else in. Mm-hmm. And having to vet their trust and trustworthiness. Absolutely,
0: and that's my again my biggest thing. Talking on the phone with
1: you know scammers and
0: and they know what to say.
1: Video calling and I mean we've had one of the
0: biggest scammers that's been on like Maury, literally like she is known, and I she just sounded to us like a young. High school, or that which
1: is really scary because she's like older than us, and and like so she tricks wow. her voice. It,
0: it, she's a, so a scammer Christmas.
3: influencer,
0: yeah. It was, yeah, <laughs> no, well, well,
1: you're right because it wasn't just her. I mean, she was the first one, and then we had one that was like, you know, wearing, I mean, she they so wear
0: like fake bellies. The
1: so these are
2: women that aren't pregnant, no. That want to have an emotional hijacking of you guys. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's and not they, it's not financial, are they? Look, it's not financial. Wow. So
1: if it was financial I there's think that's a, penalty for
0: that. So they don't a, get there's
1: that a far. law. Yeah, like there's legal repercussion, but it like if it's just emotional, there it's basically just you got duped. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can really do about it. Um
0: so that was a whole nother experience um in terms of our journey. Did that did that feel like like when you guys
2: are going through IVF and other parts of your relationship? The loneliness. Did getting duped as a couple help you feel less lonely? I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't associate loneliness at all with that. I mean, it, we were. No, but that we you, were you were bonded through it, through it. Through it. yeah, right. we totally. But the yeah. other
0: stuff was like, yes, 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 yes. separate. Oh, and yeah. Now you're together. And
1: I, and I would say, like just trying to like keep this like chronologically. I mean, w- w- this was after we had worked. Through a lot of these issues to become a lot more connected, so mm-hmm. like we were we were doing really well together. As a and couple, like, and then this would happen, and it's like we're going through it together. I mean, like,
3: do, do you think if you hadn't done that work, it would actually have separated you even more?
1: Yeah, I think we wouldn't have known how to
0: get I mean, through that.
1: We wouldn't have known how to deal with that ourselves. I, I, and and so there's no way we would have known how to deal with it together. And I think it would have just been the same pattern of. I would just bury it and then can, you know, kind of say, okay, we'll get, you know, whatever. There are crazy people out there, whatever it is, and just like, right. let's get out, let's get through it, you
3: know. And, and maybe turn on each other, or blame yeah. each other. Right?
1: Oh, yeah, and then that would probably, re- it would have been received as, I don't care. And mm-hmm.
0: He doesn't have emotions for this. You would have been feeling this. it, <laughs>
1: and I wouldn't have been validating your feelings. Yeah. I would have been feeling it, but I wouldn't have been expressing it, you know. The,
0: so then yeah i mean that was what we were we were in an agency i mean it was
1: so during during counseling we we decided to go forward with adoption Mm -hmm. and signed with an agency and you know went down the path and then all of a sudden
0: yeah we were moving we decided to move um (laughs) and i thought i had chronic fatigue syndrome Nick's well, like,
1: we what? Well, we started to pack. Because <laughs> you're so, so exhausted. We,
0: I was literally laying on my carpet in my bedroom. Like, I am not one to sleep on couches. Like, I sleep in my bed. I was laying on my couch, uh, on my floor of my bedroom, just like...
1: I walked up, I'm like, like my I sister d- was in town to help us, and I walked up I <laughs> <so upstairs>. <laughs> <laughs> see Michelle laying at the foot of the bed, and I'm like, what are you doing? No, on the do floor. You
0: know? I was like, on the floor. Yeah. And so it was just not okay. And I, I What she I never would have thought I was well. pregnant. I mean uh, that wasn't possible for us. We had done we had done ovulation sticks every month for five years. We gave up on that. You know we were in, in yeah, the adoption we were journey.
1: Like, okay, it's it's over. You know.
0: you know. and so you know, last thing I thought was to take a pregnancy test. I mean, the pregnancy test was such an emotional journey. Each time, you know, each time to see that. Especially negative. IVF, yeah. And sure enough, I was pregnant.
3: What did you guys think at that point?
0: I mean, I didn't believe it. I I called. I mean, I told him immediately. Call, call he was, was taking the like, hey. trash out. I mean, you have this whole like, how am I going to tell my husband I'm pregnant? There's so many ways to reveal it. I literally went, like marched, like ran down the stairs, and I'm like, come see this.
1: Same thing with the house, by the way. What? I was like, this is the house we're moving to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Just all I of a sudden. It. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just telling like, him. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And yeah. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> He's
0: holding a trash bag, like taking out the garbage, yeah. and we were. So it's not chronic fatigue syndrome. Most <laughs> <laughs> well, part of pregnancy. Um, so, anyways, we ended up, you know, because we had been at high risk, you know, with all of our years of struggle, we called the doctor immediately. Went in for lots of ultrasounds and. Well, so. But we were scared. I mean, be, obviously, yeah, very, be, very, very, very scared. And each had miscarriages in the past. Yeah, yes. I
1: was going to say. So this wasn't the first time we had naturally conceived. So we had, what, after the third round of IVF.
0: We got pregnant we the next month. We naturally
1: conceived. And then...
0: Miscarried at 11 weeks. Yeah.
1: And so so that was, you know, so we, like we said, we were past the point of any expectation or hope that it would happen. But then when
0: we immediately, were immediately
1: once that happened, that was our thought. Like, oh, okay, well, however, this is great. However, it's, you know, we need to brace ourselves for what is most likely going to happen. Well, in our,
0: own, in our own experience, you know, and I remember calling my sister and mom immediately. Like, I was, like, brand new pregnant, you know. Most people don't share that with anybody for a while, but I was so scared. We went to the doctor, you know, had ultrasounds, but every ultrasound you. was ex- so scary. You know, I had just, I had, I had to see my baby's heart stop beating in the last pregnancy. And that's where I can place myself in an ultrasound room. Mm-hmm. And it was COVID and I couldn't come to the appointments, um, like he used to with Beckett. Um, and I had done that alone, the ultrasound, you know.
2: So you're talking about? Twins, right?
0: Yes. Okay. So, no. Well, so then we did find that yeah. Nick, thankfully, was there that time. And
1: This the, the miscarriage was when, is what you were talking
0: about,
2: right? So there was a miscarriage
0: before? Yes, this. yes. Okay. And this was a couple of years and back. Mi- and then we ended up getting pregnant again naturally. And this time, you know, we were super scared. and But it was COVID, so he couldn't really be there for me um, with everything. Yeah. And he was there the second ultrasound I had. I just, any ultrasound to me is scary because the last one before this pregnancy was our was literally finding like, out that the and baby it was an t- up
1: and down. So that miscarriage was up and down. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, everything's looking great. And then, okay, something doesn't look great. And then the next week, oh, it's actually looking good. Like everything's good. And then the next week, oh yeah. And it's not good. But in the end, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay. I'm sorry, everyone. Like this yeah. is not gonna work. And I had to find that out
0: alone. This was a couple of years back, but you know, I don't know, some the baby or something. I had to go alone and do that. So then I was back alone in the, final, in the COVID yeah. situation in terms of
1: being in an ultrasound room. Yeah, they,
0: to potentially find out this baby that we think is a miracle isn't gonna isn't gonna make it. So and then we, we ended up out. the second ultrasound. The first one we had in a heartbeat. We were extremely excited. Again, hesitant. The day we closed on our house, a brand new house, we ended up finding out there was twins. Um, at eight weeks, and I saw it first. Naturally. Naturally. Natural yeah. twins. Yep. And I literally looked at the ultrasound tech and said, "Is that another baby?" Because we had already seen the the baby with a heartbeat the week, before, two weeks prior. And she's like, "Yes." And or she was quiet. And that baby had, they think, had just. Um, was just lost because it was to the day almost to the day where the other so one was the same measuring
1: size. yeah measuring same, but no heartbeat but no heartbeat so it's very recent
0: and yeah. it was an identical twin so in our minds this was another path that we lost that one we knew the other on miscarriage
1: They're identical is most likely genetic so we we're anticipating because the last and
0: most miscarriage was genetic chromosomal abnormality so knowing so our thinking,
1: well okay we lost the identical twin due to some sort of genetic abnormality so then we're bracing for
0: when's this gonna happen next
1: hmm. you know the identical genes are very similar to that when is this gonna happen so every week was extremely scary. stressful
0: yeah. yeah and and we we were thankfully bonded together at this point thankfully for our work through counseling and um But it was always like cautiously optimistic. Like we wanted so hard to believe in this miracle baby, but we also knew what we've lost in the past. But every week, you know, one week, you know, then they tell us at 10 weeks that the baby had extremely thick neck, bowed limbs, you know, that most likely had severe special needs. So then we were bracing with.
1: So then we went to the high risk doctor. Yeah. I have a sister
0: with special needs. So, you know, is this genetic passed down? You know, what is this? And it was. We went to a genetic high risk, yeah, doctor, and you know it was just like again another type of emotional roller coaster of of pregnancy. You know, first it's you know the IVF journey, then it's the adoption roller coaster, and then it's this natural baby roller coaster. And I saw I came to Eugene. I hadn't seen you in a while with COVID and everything. And I remember you hugged me for so long and hugged anybody forever. Yeah, not even my well, own mom. Should,
1: and we should also say too. <clears throat> We'll we'll always remember when we, we, like where we were, what we were. When we, told know, when we told you guys. We told you, we were pregnant. Like, that we were naturally pregnant, <laughs> and uh, so this was before we knew about the twin or anything. But it was
0: yeah, special. But we feel once like
1: we, once we had kind of, and to be honest, this was when we had kind of graduated mm-hmm. from. I mean, it was to the point where we were like, okay, we we've got the tools, we've got, you know what we've, and COVID, we've kind but of dealt with what we need to to be. No, I mean,
0: yeah. To be, you guys were there. Yeah.
1: To know, you know, to be able to you
0: continue growing individually as a couple.
1: Yeah. Move up. Like, move past. Like, we can handle this on our own. And it was like at that point, which was just so uh,
0: yeah. beautiful
1: yeah. and fitting. But, yeah. Hey, by the way, guess what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, we we have. Welcome to our baby girl. I mean, she is She's here. The high risk,
1: all that ups and downs and and everything else. And now we have a, yeah, like she was born February 25th and she's three and a half
0: months. We're on our first date right now at your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She's
1: absolutely perfect. Uh, Yeah. And so, um, you know, it it was a, yeah, it wasn't without its ups and downs and, and anxiety ridden moments, but like we, you know, not only have the tools to deal with that individually, but together as well. Like, and I mean, no matter what happened, like no matter what happens, we know like we've got each other. And
0: Yeah, it's we'll, we'll definitely different now. Anything. Like I our mean, foundation yeah. was created. We should have created it way before marriage, but we didn't have the tools. We didn't know what we didn't have, you know, and looking back now, oh, yeah. thankfully we have gotten there and to see you know what, what we needed so bad and i really really attribute our baby to you guys i mean we haven't told you this yet but i call her harper Jean all the time
2: <laughs> What really <laughs>
0: and our baby and rain is our baby in heaven rain, rain uh, yeah rain grace and so rain
1: wow that's that's an honor of ray as a Oh my so God!
0: Wow. This is the first time we're hearing this. <laughs> so we really are so thankful for finding you guys. I mean, it, it was crazy the the intervention of you know. I thought I needed counseling myself and signing Nick up without his approval and doing the hard work. And um, you know, it was not easy to go through what we needed to fix within ourselves and what we needed to fix within. relationship and you know understanding the continued path of what we need to continue to work on and but you know we have a testament our true miracle baby that we can look at now It validates the work and the hard you know the hardships that we'd gone through you know that infertility got us here and it's crazy to think like I was feeling like a victim for so long why me it's not fair life's not fair. And that journey brought us to a way stronger marriage and a way stronger connection, a different view on life. And, you know, just oh, we yeah. hope to pass that down to our children. You know, we see everything so differently.
1: Yeah, life's, life isn't supposed to be easy. Like yeah. It, and, and we almost, like, thanks to Eugene and, and Dr. Ray, I mean, that's honestly, you've taught us to embrace you taught us the right you know it's okay to embrace the difficulty and the and the and the and the struggle and and the because that's where growth happens and that's where you really you know that you know if if life's easy and we were just talking about this if life's easy at the you know at the end of it wouldn't wouldn't it be scary to to realize like you kind of floated through like you didn't really you know?
2: deep. Yeah. yeah
1: you know you didn't and, and if you weren't tested is it kind of is it almost feel like you were gypped you know like you kind of made it through but it's like oh no it's over
3: did I didn't I really get everything like, that I was supposed to did I really get? Right. through
1: yeah. yeah
0: yeah so we are so thankful for everything that we've gone through even though I wouldn't wish infertility on my best friend you know it, it was not easy and I know people going through it now that I I feel those feelings of hurt. Like, you know, my friends and cousins and people that are going through the, the sadness and the failures and I, I can feel that pain. And the loss. The yeah. loss. I mean, it was lonely there too. But I'm still it's, so thankful that that was the journey. That was what allowed us to get where we are now. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I don't think we'd ever would have sought counseling for our, for our marriage. Like, we were doing fine. We thought we were okay, um, just floating no, through. We would have
1: modeled. we would have modeled what we saw. Yeah. We had to model, and we would have, like I said, But again, just kind
0: of level. Yeah.
3: I, I just want to say that, you know, this is the first time that we are hearing all of this, right? <laughs> and I am speechless. And for all, all of our listeners out there, they are not getting paid an <laughs> endorsement at all whatsoever. And, you know, that's probably part of the reason why you guys really wanted to be on this podcast to give this message out there
1: well yeah to to just kind of you know what you were saying earlier gene i mean this is something that we would i wouldn't tell anyone in my life Uh, you know like i mean this is this isn't something i'm comfortable talking about or sharing or like you know i mean these are these are some of the things that are the biggest disappointments and you know, my most, you know, shameful portions of my life like that I'm I would not want to bear out. <laughs> However, look at where we've come. That's how we feel. From mm-hmm. doing that. And and so And there's so much that, more life to live this way. Yeah, and if that's if that helps one one person that's listening to this, it's worth any other any of the other uh, or, you know, worth the the discomfort in sharing that or whatever I
2: think think. when we met you you could have powered a house by how much anxiety you guys had (laughs) (laughs) and I just see the freedom and the peace Mm -hmm. what
0: would you say to your pre-married selves? Uh, for me it would be like follow your gut I mean just to like know what is right in your soul and your heart and stay with it Mm -hmm. even if it's hard and if it's Uh, A constant battle. Like, yeah, trust trust your gut. I mean, and it's something I feel like as a mother, I trust trust my gut. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope I instill that in my children um, because I don't know. At the end of the day, that's what matters the most, I think.
1: Yeah. Listen. Listen Mm. to your, listen to that inside of you because it's, it won't, you won't, it won't steer you wrong. Even if it's like in my mind before all of this, like, my biggest fears, whatever they were. And it was mostly I'd lose what I had. It's like... <laughs> that's why I wasn't listening to myself. And so it's like... No matter what. I mean, even if I did... I mean, it's like you... You can't live without listening to your... And following what your... What your heart's telling you. It's not the right way to go. I mean, it's it's just so rewarding to...
0: Be on the other
1: side. Yeah, to actually listen to it and, like, know that you're being, that you've got the integrity that's true to yourself. You're being true to yourself.
2: So, last question. (laughs) What is it your partner does that you know they love you?
1: You want me to go?
0: You can go first.
1: (laughs) Well, this, this might not sound like it's it's not like a cute little thing but it's it's like Michelle holds me to the standard that she sees me at like she sees my potential and she holds me to that standard and that is like I mean that's that's something that is just that's true love. Like that's, she, she brings out the best in me and she holds me to that. And it's might be difficult at times, mm-hmm. but it's, I couldn't ask for for more. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing.
0: I would say, um, Nick knows like when I'm, like, having, a, like, a lot of anxiety or stressed about a lot of things, and he really uses the tools that we've learned from counseling, like, he'll tell me, like, he'll hold my heart and put his hand on my chest and say, take deep breaths, you know, we need to meditate, like, he knows what I need and putting, like, my needs first, like, no matter what we're going through, like, he will spend that time to give it to me at that, that moment to help me remember, like, to ground myself and to get back to where we need to be to grow. And, you know, he gives me, he's patient with me, um, and is you know, our communication is so much better. I feel like he, he takes it as an opportunity to like talk, like what's wrong? Like, how can we heal? How can I hold you? You know, he'll hold me in the morning when he wakes up, you know, things that we just kind of were living in the home together, like as roommates, you know, and he really, even when we're stressed now, he, he finds, The tools and takes time to to show me he's there no matter what and that helps me know this was worth everything all along
3: (laughs) nick and michelle this has been um an honor for us (laughs) to to see all this growth and to see where you guys are at and we want to really thank you so much for being on our podcast today.
0: Thanks for having us.
2: You know, people have been sharing stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. We hope that by you guys sharing your story it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners.
3: We want to wholeheartedly thank all of you for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships and this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, which is coming up in September, September 9th through 12th, Our online membership called Connections and our premier program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at CouplesSynergy.com.
2: And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening.
3: Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
2: You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced. By Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by
0: Gina Gonzalez.